I happened to be observing in a high school classroom during the period in which they do announcements and the announcements usually include, you know, the Pledge of Allegiance. So when they said, please stand for the Pledge of Allegiance, I stood up, but I was the only one. No one else in the class stood up, not one person, not even the student teacher in the classroom. They just all continued about looking at their phones completely ignoring the whole thing. So I stood up and I actually put my hand over my heart and I said the Pledge of Allegiance out loud as I have done every year for 36 years. But the teacher came over to me, the student teacher came over to me afterwards and said, oh my God, I think you just freaked everyone out. And I started to think of, you know, is this, is this the new normal now? a little different we're going to try. Um, now that I'm kind of like uh, retired, I thought there's a lot of stuff that comes across my brain every once in a while. You know, as you get older, it seems like it's every once in a while. But anyways, and I start thinking about stuff and I start talking to myself about it and I start having all these conversations with myself, um, you know, about things that concern me. And so a lot of those times, those things are things that have to do with education because even though I'm retired, I'm still really pissed about a lot of things that are happening in our schools and, or maybe I should say a lot of things that aren't happening in our schools. And so, um, you know, I thought it would be important or maybe, I don't know, maybe it's not important that I share some of these ideas with you and see what you think. If you also have these conversations with yourself or maybe with others, and perhaps these conversations really need to be more out in the open because, well, like I've said many, many times to people, we never really talk to the people who are the ones that can fix these problems. So this is what this little show is about. Uh, we'll see how it goes. It's the first time I'm trying it. I'm not really good at talking to myself, which is kind of surprising because you would think that a person could talk to themselves, but it's really not as easy as it, as it seems, I guess. I don't know. It's a lot, it seems like the conversations go a lot better when they're just in my head instead of um, in my <laughs> out loud where I can actually hear them. In any case, I'm thinking that I'll call this like, that's how I see it because this is a lot of this is my personal opinion based on things and this is how I see it. And you may or may not agree with me. So, you know, I'd really love to hear from you about what your opinions are. Uh, after you're done hearing um, this episode. You know, our whole show, Transparency and Teaching, started from conversations that we had around the lunch table in the teacher's lounge. And we'd often sit there and we'd be like talking about stuff and saying things. And then we'd say, oh my God, if, if only the public knew or only if the administration knew or et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, we never talk to the people who sometimes actually need to hear it. We, we complain and we complain to each other. But then that's as far as those complaints go. And so that the actual people who need to, you know, address those issues probably never hear us complain about it. Now, maybe we don't complain about it in reality because, you know, it might mean your job, especially if you don't have tenure, or maybe you're concerned about getting negative public feedback or rocking the boat, making other teachers pissed off because they're all happy with status quo. Who knows? 
But that is actually how our show, Transparency in Teaching, actually came about. We put this show together so we could put those conversations that we're having that we think are important that people know and understand out there. Um, but the whole point is for you, the listener, to participate because that's what we want to know. It's like, how do you feel about these things that we're talking about? This show isn't just for teachers. It's kind of like preaching to the choir. And so for some teachers, it's kind of like an, oh my God, yes, I feel that way too. But it's also for administrators who need to listen to teachers and hear what teachers have to say because there's so many administrators out there who don't or they pretend they do and then just go ahead and do what they want or they're not aware because teachers are afraid to make their concerns aware. But it's also for parents because don't you really want to know what's happening in your in your classrooms? I mean, get out of Facebook and off of all that other stuff that you're looking at and go find out for real what's happening. So we're telling you, we're telling you parents out there, this is what we feel from our insider's viewpoint on what's happening there. And you know, it's, it's just for, our show is for anyone really who just wants to make education better. Of course, we don't have all the answers, but you know, at least it gets a conversation started. So in that uh, light, we'd love for you to please join in on our conversations with your comments or your voice messages on the situations that we talk about. You know, what are your experiences? Do you agree? Do you disagree? What are your concerns uh, with teaching? What are your joys? Come and vent with us. Uh, the more voices that we, you know, put out there, the more people will see it and hear it. And then maybe some things might start to change. Now, you can also, you know, if you don't feel like leaving a comment, you can also email us at transparencyandteaching at gmail.com. That's Transparency and Teaching written out. And it would be awesome, awesome to hear from you all. So on today's show, if you want to call it show, maybe episode is better. This whole thing came up with the idea of saying the Pledge of Allegiance. Um, maybe you know or don't know, I'm retired last June and I needed something to do with my brain because, you know, I'm terribly afraid of Alzheimer's setting in. So, you know, you hear that you got to stay busy. Plus, you know, after 36 years of teaching, I kind of feel like I have some, you know, information to share, some experience, some knowledge. And I didn't want to just go into the uh, retirement abyss, uh, not using all of that because I still feel um, like this is an important thing. So that aside, I ended up getting a job as a university supervisor with a university, a local university here. And I go and sit in classrooms with student teachers or interns as they have now, which is awesome and watch them teach. And then I get to talk with them afterwards about how their lessons went or what they felt was good or how they want to improve. And I get to share my ideas with them. And it's so been so awesome and so positive. I love it. It pays like crap, but you know, the experience is so positive. It's all the good stuff about teaching without lesson plans, without discipline, without grading papers, all that stuff. It's so, you know, that's good. In any case, I happen to be observing in a high school classroom during the period in which they do announcements and the announcements usually include, you know, the Pledge of Allegiance. So when they said, please stand for the Pledge of Allegiance, I stood up, but I was the only one. No one else in the class stood up, not one person, not even the student teacher. 
in the classroom stood up. They just all continued about looking at their phones, completely ignoring the whole thing. So I stood up and I actually put my hand over my heart and I said the Pledge of Allegiance out loud, um, minus the words under God, and I'll get into that later. But I said it out loud as I have done every year for 36 years um, or any time, you know, that they asked me to say the pledge. And but the teacher came over to me, the student teacher came over to me afterwards and said, oh, my God, I think you just freaked everyone out. And I started to think, you know, is this is this the new normal now? Is this what high schools are doing? So nobody says the pledge anymore in class at, at ever. Now, when I was teaching at the junior high level, the kids would stand up and they would, some of them, if I, if I prodded them, would, you know, say the pledge with me and others just kind of stood there quietly and didn't do anything. But most of my class, or almost all of my class, I don't, I very few, rarely ever had a student who didn't stand up. So they would at least stand up. But now at the high school, no one did. So I came back the next week. It happened to be the same class. And again, the announcements came on asking people to stand up and say the Pledge of Allegiance. And knowing that I, quote unquote, freaked them out last time, I stood up and I said to the class, sorry, guys, I'm old school. I'm going to say the pledge. Would anyone care to join me? Two students stood up. It was pretty cool. And they said the pledge with me out loud. They said the words. And it was pretty interesting because afterwards I said to them, I go, you know, it's all about making sure that our country has the liberties and the justice. You know, they are kind of just kind of tried to like, like, I don't know what I was trying to justify me saying the pledge. I mean, nowadays, everything's controversial. I guess that is too. So now I'm thinking, oh my God, these people think I'm some kind of, you know, you know, by saying the pledge now, I'm some kind of, you know, right wing, conservative, far right. I don't know. That's kind of how you start feeling about uh, everything that used to be okay to be patriotic about now comes with a stigma. It's very weird. I don't know why that is. But anyways, the two students who stood up, um, one of them said, you know what? You're right. I'm going to say it again tomorrow. And so it got me thinking about like, so what is the real reason that students aren't saying the Pledge of Allegiance? You know, is it peer pressure? Nobody says it, so I'm not going to say it. Or is it truly that they don't know, maybe they don't know what it means, or maybe they actually have some um, ideological, uh, you know, Things that interferences that get in get in with them wanting to to say the say the pledge. In any case, I asked another teacher at that school, and she said no, no one says it. And then I asked Sharon. Sharon teaches, you know, Sharon, our other co-host. She teaches high school, and so I asked her, and she said no, nobody says it. And then I asked Jen, our other co-host, teaches middle school, and she said yeah, they stand up, but then nobody really says it. So I started thinking, well, why? So I actually went and I created a Google form. And that asked several questions and I sent it out to the teachers and I asked them to maybe give it to their students so that I could get an idea about what the real reason is behind whether or not students are, you know, why, what's the deal, what's going on. Now, unfortunately, as of this recording, I have not gotten any responses back yet. So when I do, I will share them in another episode. So 
that's how this whole thing started me thinking about the Pledge of Allegiance. So what are the requirements of saying the Pledge of Allegiance? Is it a law? Do we have to say it? So I started to look into the laws surrounding the saying of the Pledge of Allegiance. And basically all states, except for Nebraska, Hawaii, Vermont, and Wyoming, require some kind of regular recitation with a few exceptions um, of the pledge on a daily basis, like in public schools. Okay, we're talking public schools here. Now, California, the state that I um, work in, does not require the pledge to be said, but it does require that some sort of quote unquote patriotic activity be done during the first regularly scheduled class of the day. So the pledge can be that activity, but it could be like even talking about historical facts or, uh, you know, coloring a picture of George Washington. I don't know, something like that. And that is ed code right there that it, you don't have to say the pledge per se. You just have to do something patriotic the first period of the day. Okay. So Massachusetts, on the other hand, has some of the, the well, it's kind of weirdly strict. They say in Massachusetts that um, failure by a teacher to salute the flag or recite the pledge for two consecutive weeks or cause students to also, you know, not say the pledge will equal a fine of $5 a day. That sounds like something that was like in the ed code, like 1822 or something, you know, it sounds, that sounds really old, but I don't know how you would, who's counting is somebody coming into the classroom and taking check marks and saying, oh, you did, you, oh, three days, four days. I, you know, it just seems that's weirdly odd, but that's the weirdest one I found. Alaska and Oklahoma, they require there be some notification can be posted in the classroom or something or verbally said that the students, they have to be notified. No, you don't have to participate in the Pledge of Allegiance. So there has to be some kind of a official notification to those students. Texas, Florida, and Pennsylvania, um, the students have to say the pledge unless they have a parent letter that excuses them from saying the pledge. So they're required to say the pledge unless they have a letter excusing them. In New Jersey, they have to stand, but they don't have to say it. They have to remain silent. And then in a few other states, they have to just sit down and, and, and be quiet. There's lots of constitutional laws that have come through, um, and we'll talk about that in a minute, that actually say you cannot compel students to say the pledge, but I don't know about compelling them to stand up. I don't think you can do that either. Okay, so then I started thinking about when did I learn the pledge? And as far as I know, it's been since I started school a million years ago. And, you know, I remember standing up, saying the pledge. It was just something you did. You didn't question it. But I, again, then again, I didn't really think about it either. It was just something that you're kind of like taught to do um, in your early grades. And you don't say, why? We kind of just take it for granted now. I'm not sure how many kids really know the significance of what it is that they're saying. So I started looking up the history of this and it's kind of crazy um, where it all came from. Um, it ha actually happened, uh, you know, a little bit after the Civil War when there was a lot of, you know, torn up country and people were interested in trying to bring the country back together again. And 
um, become patriotic. And there was the very first pledge to the flag was by uh, created by a guy named Captain George T. Balch. Now, he was a Civil War veteran, and he wanted to promote patriotism. Now, he really wanted to promote patriotism among school children, especially immigrant children, you know, wanted to make sure that they were loyal to the country they were immigrating to. Oh, by the way, um, he was also the reason we have flagpoles in front of our school. So in 1887, he created the first pledge to the flag, and it read like this. We give our heads and our hearts to God and our country, one country, one language, one flag. Okay, that was the original first time anybody was pledging to our flag. Now, interestingly enough, this was performed, so not the hand over the heart thing didn't really come to later, but it was performed with your arm outstretched, then you moved your fingers to your forehead like a salute, then you moved your hand over your heart, and then finally you put your right hand down to your side. Now, many schools adopted this, and it was being said all over the place. Now, a little while later, back in like around 19 or 19, 1881, now we get into like the, the actual pledge that we were saying today, and that was actually by a socialist Baptist minister named Francis Bellamy, who preached in New York and Boston. Okay. Um, he got dissatisfied with his preaching and he ended up uh, taking a job at a magazine called the Youth Companion. And it was kind of interesting, you know, being a socialist that he got hired into the um, advertising department of that, you know, making money for his magazine and for other people who wanted to place ads in that. So he happened to be really good at it, but he too was worried with kids and making sure that the youth of that day were, you know, growing up patriotic and people were still kind of feeling the effects of the end of the Civil War. Well, in 1892, uh, there was a big um, celebration coming up for the 400th anniversary of Columbus's discovery. And it was going to be at the World's Fair that year. And it was the, they called it the Columbian Exposition and had nothing to do with the country of Colombia. It's all about Colombian being uh, Christopher Columbus. So they had this big thing, this big celebration for Christopher Columbus back then before we started deciding that he was not a person to be celebrated as that's a whole other podcast. But anyways, and uh, it was actually Bellamy who convinced President Harrison to make Columbus Day a national holiday. So now you know who to blame. So part of this was the National Education Association at that time wanted to, you know, have some kind of a salute or some kind of a program that they could teach in their schools to go along with this 400th anniversary. And so Bellamy was um, tagged to create a flag salute to be part of that uh, celebration during that during the expo. Now, he looked at uh, Balch's um, version and he thought it's just too juvenile and it doesn't have a lot of dignity in it that's what he thought and he wanted to start to like bring more unity to the country because it was still feeling really divisive after the Civil War so this is what he came up with this is the original version of the um, of the Pledge of Allegiance see if you can hear the differences between this one and what we say today He's, and the original version went like this. 
I pledge allegiance to my flag of the United States and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Okay, did you catch that part about one nation under God? Yeah, that was not in the original um, Pledge of Allegiance, which coming from a Baptist minister sounds kind of odd, isn't it? That he didn't include that in there. Okay, so the original flag salute that Balch had was quite complicated and Bellamy changed it. So again, they started with the arm outstretched, palm facing down, and then turning upward at the end of the pledge. So the arm is stretched out in front of your body, high above your head, you know, stretched out. Can you see a little problem that might have occurred with this and perhaps why we don't stretch our arms out in front of us to salute the flag anymore? Well, it kind of changed in 1942. Any guesses? You got it. It looked like a Nazi salute. So uh, FDR, Franklin Roosevelt, he modified it at that point. said, you know what? <laughs> let's, just, uh, let's just put our hands over our heart. And so that's how come we have our hands over our heart today so we don't look like Nazis when we're saluting the flag. You can actually find pictures of children saluting the flags and you would think that was like Nazi Germany uh, some school there, but no, it's actually American children saluting the American flag. There's been a lot of changes to the, um, to the flag salute over time. And it first one started in 1923. And that was when the words, my flag, I pledge allegiance to my flag. They changed it to the flag because <laughs> they were worried that immigrant children, uh, they might be confused about which flag they were saluting to. So the flag, that one in front of you, that red, white, and blue one. That's why they changed it from my to the. And then in 1924, they added of America. So I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. Well, I don't know. Were there more than one United States then? I, I don't know. I don't know why they decided to add that. Maybe to be more specific. Um they could have said the United States of North America or United States of the North America in the middle between Canada and Mexico. I don't know how specific they wanted to get. But anyways, that's how we got of America. In 1942, on the 50th anniversary of Bellamy's original pledge, the salute was actually added into the national flag code. Now, at this point, many states had already required schools to recite this, public schools, to recite this. In 1954, the Knights of Columbus, which is a Catholic organization, they had started putting the words under God in the pledge whenever their organization got together and said it. And they finally said, you know what, we should just get this put into the pledge so everybody says it this way. So Congress adopted it, had it become part of the Pledge of Allegiance. They're, they signed it into law stating that they wanted a way to differentiate the United States from, quote unquote, godless communist Russia, right? Because, you know, it's right during the middle of the Cold War. So they added the word under God because apparently if you're in communist Russia, you're not allowed to have a God. Interestingly enough, Eisenhower, he had recently converted to Catholicism. So I think that might have helped the cause a little bit. 
And they signed that into law on June 14th, which 1954, which happened to be Flag Day. So that is how we got our Pledge of Allegiance the way it is now, right? It stemmed from a want of making children feel a sense of patriotism to their country. I guess it was a way of having some kind of a unifying uh, unifying pledge or statement that everybody could say so it shows that we're all on the same team. But, you know, it doesn't go into how much anything of that was taught. I, we still don't, that still doesn't answer my question about, did they tell kids what it meant, that what they were saying? Or did they just say, children, show your patriotism to the, your country by saying this pledge? And then we all just said it. Of course, as you know, nothing is without problems. And there were plenty for the Pledge of Allegiance. One of the very first ones started way back in 1935 with the Jehovah's Witnesses. They petitioned against that because, you know, pledging to a flag in their, in their um, doctrines are idol worship. And when they first put that through in 1935, the court said, sorry, too bad, so sad. You got to say the pledge. Some students actually got kicked out of school. They were, they were ex- um, expelled from the school because of that. In 1940, Minersville School District versus Gambitas, the court said that students could be compelled to say the pledge. So again, too bad, so sad. You're standing up and you're saying the pledge. 1943, however, a West Virginia State Board of Education versus Barnett, they reversed that decision and said, nope, sorry, you cannot compel students to say the pledge. But one of the main issues that caused the most problems was when they added, uh, you know, under God. There's a lot of God issues. So there were many attempts to remove it. But so far, um, well, as you know, we still say under God in the Pledge of Allegiance. 2002, um, the U.S. Appeals Court, they ruled that under God made the pledge unconstitutional because it's seemed like the government was endorsing religion, especially, you know, when it was said in public schools. So that got reversed, however, in 2004. And um, interestingly, Sandra Day O'Connor was on that court and she said, oh, don't worry about under God. It's only ceremonial deism, you know, so it's just a ceremony. It doesn't mean anything. And that's pretty much where it ended with getting the words under God out. The court um, over and over again you know, took on court cases with this. And every one of them was basically denying that the word God means anything is kind of how, you know, they're saying, actually, it's like more like they're saying that God in the Pledge of Allegiance is not meaning religious God. It doesn't mean that. It's over and over. That's what it, what they came up with is that, oh no, it's just ceremonial. It's patriotic. It's not used to establish a religion. Um, You know, it can't be against uh, your religion if you're not compelled to say the pledge. So you can, you don't have to say the pledge. So under God can stay there. And they also pointed out that the word God is kind of ubiquitous in the way we use it in this country, right? It's on our money in God we trust. It's all over the constitution. And it's also in the presidential oath, right? And we have to say it in court too. So help me God. Um, 
So it's there. It's always been there. It's in our, it's part of like, it's kind of woven into the fabric of our, of our country, the word God. So whether or not, you know, you believe in a God or not, it really doesn't matter because that's not what it means. It's not saying that you believe in this God. So under God, I think is going to stay as far as, especially the way the country is moving nowadays. I think God issues are going to be uh, remaining within our Pledge of Allegiance. Okay, so what are the objections to saying the pledge? Well, first, um, there's a lot of people who feel like it's sad that they're that we're not saying the Pledge of Allegiance anymore, and that it's showing how our country is falling apart and our moral fiber is disintegrating because kids aren't pledging allegiance to the flag anymore. Uh, what is this country coming to? But it kind of seems archaic to me in a way. We have a republic and it's built, our country's built on the idea that you have freedom to dissent, right? You have freedom of speech. So you, you can't require your citizens to pledge to something if they don't want to. Also, it's kind of weird if you think about it. Who are the people that are most likely to say the Pledge of Allegiance? Little kids, right? Kindergarten, first grade, little kids in elementary school. They're not even old enough to understand what they're giving consent to or what, what allegiance means or what they're even saying. So it's kind of ironic that the only people who are the people who are most likely to say the pledge are the ones that probably understand it the least. And, you know, the idea of saying under God for some people, violates their idea of uh, religion. There was some court cases with atheists saying, how dare you make me say God? Um, and again, so too bad, so sad. You're going to say it or not. So after reading all this, studying the history of it, I personally, I say the pledge, and I don't mind saying the pledge because I have my own personal understanding of what it means to me, right? So to me, it means that I think this is the greatest country in the world to live in. And is it perfect? Uh, no, but it's way better than a lot of other places. And do we have work to do? Of course we do. But if we don't uphold the ideas of our country, you know, pledge of allegiance, you know, for we want to have um, liberty and justice for all. You know, if we don't think about that on a daily basis, the idea of having liberty and justice for all, then how are we ever going to achieve it? So for me, it's kind of a reminder of what we need to work on and why this country is great. That's me, personally. Did I learn that in elementary school? Hell no. I came to that on my own as an adult a bazillion years later. Now, would that have ever occurred to me had I not said the pledge? Probably. You know, I, I felt... Whether or not I say the pledge, I still feel that way. So I don't know. Do kids need to say the pledge? I don't know. I think first and foremost, kids need to understand why they are saying the pledge. You know, what does it mean to pledge allegiance to something? You know, they, they have no grasp of what it is that it, they're actually saying. If you don't understand the history then it's hard to understand what it means by one nation indivisible because the pledge came about because the nation was divided and they wanted a way to bring it back together. 
So you have to understand history to have an appreciation for what the pledge says. Are they, I don't know, are they taught this in elementary school? You elementary people out there, let me know, would you? Because how, how do you, it's been so long since I've been in elementary school. So um, those of you who teach uh, the Pledge of Allegiance to your students, how, how does that happen? Do, what do you do? Is there lesson plans for that? What is, what is surrounds that? That would be something I so want to know. So please, if you know the answer to that, I'd love to have you leave some comments so that we know what's going on there. The other thing is, the big thing right now is all about indoctrination, right? We talked about that in um, our last podcast, indoctrination. But isn't forcing kids to say the pledge indoctrination, especially if you're not having them understand what it is they're saying and then giving them a choice to say it or not say it It's you know, at that young age? You know, so, uh, you know, we talked about indoctrination. It's kind of what school is anyway. And indoctrination is basically only when the, um, the ideas are going against what you think is right, then it's indoctrination. So if you think the pledge is great and all kids should do it and all kids should be, this should be ingrained in all children's heads, then it's not indoctrination. But if you are of the thought that they should understand what they're saying and have the right to not say it or have a right to question it, then it is indoctrination or it isn't indoctrination? I don't know. That is a touchy subject. I think what's more important than saying the pledge is to give students a sense of what there is about our country that we should be proud of. And there is so much that we do here that children should be educated about all the great things that we do. Yeah, there's some hideous stuff too, for sure. Junky, awful, nasty things that happen and are still happening. But um, it's still the best place to live, I think, one of the best countries in the world to live in. I mean, obviously, look at all the people who are dying to get here. I mean, some of them literally dying to get here. Uh, and so maybe kids need to understand why are so many people wanting to come here? What's so great about America that makes people want to be here? And if they could understand all the great things that we have here compared to other places in the world, they might want to say, yeah, you know what? I believe in this country and I want to show my support by saying the pledge um, or something. Maybe it needs to be rewritten. Maybe they need to write a new one. Um, but instead, what happens is, and I think this is part of what people complain about, is kids, especially in high school, they start learning the ugly side of our past, our history, and without hearing the good things that our country is doing too. I mean, yes, they need to know all of the ugly, hideous things. Sorry, Columbus, you were part, uh, you know, did uh, aid and abet uh, raping, pillaging, and plundering, you know. Does a first grader need to know that? No, but does a high schooler or junior high schooler? Yeah, they should be aware of what some of the egregious things that um, our founding fathers and people did. Does it make what they, does it make their discovery, his discovery or his ability to sail a ship any less important? No. Was he a great person? No. You know, that may taint the idea of having a holiday named after someone. But you can still recognize people's accomplishments 
despite the evilness that they may have had in them, right? Do you still listen to Michael Jackson's music? I don't know. I do. Do you, you know, can we still be grateful for the slave owning founding fathers who wrote the amazing constitution that happens to be the oldest living constitution in the world, the longest existing one? Yeah, they did hideous, horrible things, but they had some really great ideas too. So there has to be some kind of a balance between what kids learn. It's not, they need to know the good things that we're doing too, you know? Humanitarian efforts are things that we do as far as trying to create um, our science, technology, those kinds of things that we are, we're good at. Um, helping out other countries, the ways that we help you know, people in need. We do do that. It might not be big enough, but we do do that. So they need to know that. They need to hear and see good things too. Is our country perfect? Hell no. There's still a lot of work to do, but you know, it's better. It's getting better. I don't think there's too many people who want to go back to Jim Crow or back to the Civil War or, you know, even back to the founding fathers times when we had, you know, no electricity and there were a lot more people who, with, you know, didn't have and those kinds of things. So it's better. So we have to put that in our kids' minds. All right. Maybe the kids don't feel connected to it. They don't see the point in it, you know. Um, does saying a pledge that everyone say really bring people together? If we all say the Pledge of Allegiance, does that mean that we all come together and support our country? You know, I was trying to think of places where we do say common things. And one of those was, I thought, you know, oh, cheers at football, you know, at a football field, they say cheers. Everybody says the cheer together and yay team. Does that bring people together? I think so, kind of. They have a common thing that they say. So, you know, fraternity pledges, Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, they have pledges. I don't know. But perhaps they're more personal and the people who say them relate to them more than the Pledge of Allegiance, which is something that has um, just been, you know, taught to you and not necessarily explained. For me, I when I say the pledge, I leave out the words under God, kind of on principle that it wasn't there originally. And I feel like it was added for a temporary condition that was happening, you know, the Cold War, in order to make ourselves differentiated from Russia. So I don't say it because I feel like it doesn't really add anything for me to the pledge. So if you're a person who doesn't like the words under God, then when you say the pledge, just skip over those. I do. I just say silent when those words are uttered and go on. You know, it's just words, really. You know, unless, unless you're like a fervent believer, then those words have meaning to you. But for me, I'm, I'm not. And so, um, I just don't say them, but I don't begrudge anybody who wants to go ahead say it. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't change my, my world in any way. So saying the pledge now, this might sound a little weird. It kind of reminds me a little bit too much of when you see communist countries having those parades and um, all the citizens when the big missiles are coming by are standing with their arms outstretched and singing the song or saying the pledge to their country it just seems really uh, indoctrinating is that the right word it seems really communist really authoritarian that's it that's where it seems really authoritarian to me and almost kind of scary when you think about it on in that way if you think about 
you know, having every student stand and say the pledge and not really have any idea or, or strong feeling about it, then it seems hypocritical. So I think perhaps our time would be better maybe teaching the students about history of our country and why so many people want to immigrate here, um, teaching them why this country is good, showing them examples, letting them um, see the things that we do for each other here that you can't do in other countries. Uh, you know, our freedom of speech, our freedom of religion, um, our ways that we help other um, places that are in need, uh, you know, have kids learn about those things that we do. I think that might be more beneficial than, you know, simply stating some words that for most kids have no meaning at all. Or, you know, a lot of these kids now have been so tainted by what they've seen on the news about why saying the pledge or the singing the Star Spangled Banner is bad, you know, without really under having an understanding of it on their own level. They don't, they have not had the opportunity to make those decisions using knowledge facts to, to come to their own decision about what they want to do. Maybe we need to write a new pledge, something that's more uh, to the time. And if anything, maybe we shouldn't be pledging allegiance to the flag. Maybe we should be pledging allegiance to the Constitution because that's where all the laws that protect us all really are. They're not in the flag. They're not in the Republic. It's the Constitution. So maybe we should all be pledging to uphold the laws of our land as it is stated in the Constitution. That kind of makes more sense to me as far as that goes. You know, we don't want to pledge to the state. We don't want to pledge to our government because those are other people making decisions. But I don't know, maybe I pledge allegiance to the Constitution of the United States of America. Maybe something like that. So I don't know, maybe what y'all should do is go pin a copy of the Constitution to your American flag and talk about that and why that document actually makes our country what it is today or what it could be, I suppose, depending on who's interpreting it. So how do you feel about the Pledge of Allegiance? Do you say it? Do you leave anything out? Do you think it's still valid for students to say or should we be teaching it? Or should we be teaching something else? You know, there is, my answer is, I think we need to do a different, different kind of pledge or teach history or, you know, focus on the positives that our country is doing so kids can learn to appreciate what's good about what we have here without ignoring what's bad. I don't want to understate that. But um, what do you think? Anyways, that's what I feel about the Pledge of Allegiance. And when I know what the students feel, I'll share that with you too. Thanks again for listening. I appreciate it. And if you enjoyed it, leave me a comment and let me know how you felt about it. Maybe some other topics you'd like to hear me talk about. I'll talk to you again soon. Until then, this is Anne from Transparency and Teaching saying, and that's the way I see it.